HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Is it French? Is it German? Or is it French? Hmm, I think you might be right. We'll find out today on A Taste of the Past. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, on this half-hour journey or so (laughs) through culinary history. And... The Alsace region is one of those places that no one quite understands or quite can figure out. Is it French? Yes. Is it German? Well, it was. Is it French? Yes. Is it German? Yes. It was a little bit of both for quite a few years, but indeed the Alsace region that we are talking about now is part of France, and it is... um, actually well known for being one of the most famous culinary regions in the country of France and their bakeries and pastry shops are among the most tempting in France as well. It's known for high quality, the high quality of its cooking basically from home kitchens from home kitchens to cozy bistros and the brasseries and then to some of the top rated fine dining restaurants in France as well. It's based on locally grown crops, farm-raised animals, and wild game from the forests and the fields. And traditional Alsace cuisine is um, is really that kind of farm country home cooking. That's what we draw up in our minds, many of us, when we think of it. But I'm going to have my guest tell you all about that because he experienced it firsthand. My guest today is Gabrielle Kreuter. And Gabrielle Kreuter is the chef of the restaurant Gabrielle Kreuter. Easy one to remember. But he was longtime chef of the, as our as another chef said, the most famous rest, the most famous restaurant in the most famous museum of the world, the Modern at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. And he just recently left there a couple of years ago to open the restaurant, Gabrielle Kreuter. Prior to that, Gabrielle cooked at, um, at La Caravelle, at Jean-Georges, and the Atelier at Ritz-Carlton. 
He's had quite a resume of experience, both in France and here in New York City. And I'm so pleased to have him with me today to talk a little bit about Alsatian cuisine because he does present the cooking of Alsace. You would not necessarily recognize it by looking at the pictures, but it is based on the Alsatian cuisine, correct, Gabrielle? It is largely based on my uh, on my background, on my history, yes. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because one of your most... Uh, I guess your signature dish you know, is is the the tart flambe with sauerkraut and doesn't look anything like well, what yes, I yes, yeah. A long time ago, when I opened actually the modern, I started to uh, to uh, do the tart flambe and it was very very well received. And now you see it all over the city. So, but uh, that but just to give our, our listeners that visual, it is a little tiny tart about two and a half three inches in diameter. It uh, has caviar on top. On top comes under a smoking glass. Smoking glass, absolutely what? yes, filled with what applewood. Applewood smoke to remind you of the smokiness of the of the the sturgeon. Of the sturgeon, and it is a sturgeon and sauerkraut tart. Amazing! It is just a, a, an amazing dish. Um, well, so this is from the you know the original Alsatian types of dishes, right? Though, yeah, the sauerkraut is. I mean, the original, the original dishes that, I, uh, that are stem from the Alsatian cooking that I do right now at the restaurant, you have the tart flambes that are made with uh, fromage blanc, onions, and, and bacon, which is sort of a historical uh, dish from the Alsace region. It's a dish that the farmers used to make in their ovens while they were heating the ovens for making bread. So once in a while, once a week, each it went from farm to farm on the street, and they gathered together. So they had tart flambe, and when the tart flambe party was over, uh, the oven got cleaned, and the, the, stones, the, bread, the huh? stones were hot enough to bake the bread. And that was the story. So they leave after with the bread. Oh, interesting. That's great. Why waste that heat if you're heating exactly. up the oven? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the reason for them to really gather together and have a, and have a, and have a party in the old days. Oh, that's terrific. Um, what... Now, you grew up in the Alsace region, right? I grew up in Alsace, in uh, Alsace region, in a very small town, about uh, 1,500 people in the town, and I grew up on a farm. So uh, I, I always knew farm to table. That, that's, that's, that is like nothing new to, right. to us, you know, because that's the way we grew up. And uh, in the, in, later on, the whole thing made a, a different, uh, had, had a different spin. But farm to table was just natural for us. Hmm. And I grew up on that farm, and uh, a lot of people in, uh, in my family were involved in food business. I had my uncle who owned a hotel restaurant, so I spent a lot of times in my young, my young years to, during the school vacation helping out in the kitchen. I always wanted to be a chef, no question. You know, since I remember very, very little when my grandfather used to ask me what you want to be, I always wanted to be a chef. So mm-hmm. it was completely natural for me to follow that path. And, uh, and from there, I, uh, I then uh, uh, you know, grew up on that farm and, and, and I did my apprenticeship with my uncle then. I have another uncle who owned a pastry shop. And so you have you have the whole the the, the, the full whole gamut, thing. Right? yes, yeah. And I, I, you know, I lived on that live farm with all those products, and and a third uncle was a butcher. Huh. So oh, the whole food in the whole food world was was in my family. Well, when I when I think of of Alsatian cuisine, and not you know, now I'm learning you know from you you know the background and the history, but I think of heavier meats, heavier dishes, sort of like 
stick to your ribs kind of yes you know? because you have to remind remember where it comes from it's the true cooking from the farms and a lot of food was based it's the the the, the pig basically the the pig is the is the main animal that gets raised on those farms and that with that they do all the charcuterie the liverwurst the head cheese it's literally the most veneered uh piece piece animal in in alsace mm-hmm. because it, it's so uh, I love the way you say Alsace. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so uh, broad in the usage, you know, in the sm- smoking the meats, binding them, uh, cooking them in baker offs, cooking them in sauerkraut, making all the sausages and all that stuff. So the the, the, the usage is very very broad. And it nose is, to tail before nose to tail became a yes a, exactly a exactly. Term, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, and the farm and the farm cooking is such that those people used to work the whole day on the farm, so they needed to have ha- a hearty a hearty cooking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, uh, some of those dishes, like the Bake Off, uh, as an example, uh, they used to prep this in, in the evening. And when they left in the field to, to go to the fields, they dropped it off at the baker. The baker put it in the oven. And when they came back in the afternoon or something, they had a hot meal. Talk about so slow a, cooker. It slow was cooker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, describe what a Bake Off is. A Bake Off is, uh, it's usually it's made with three, three kind of meat. Meat, pig is in it, is beef in it. And uh, some people put chicken in and some people put lamb in. So it all depends on, on which level you want to go. And it's sliced potatoes marinated with white wine, a couple carrots in there and spices. Mm. And it's just cooked like this in a, in a, in a pot crock with a, with, a, with, a, with a top on it. And uh, they close it off with a little bit uh, dough. Pa- and it's yeah, slow cooked for like four or five hours in the oven e- easily it. Yeah, and sealed with a pastry. Mm. And when you open that, uh, you have it's a one meal dish. Like a lot of a lot of dishes in Alsace, sauerkraut, baker off, are one meal dish tribes or the stuffed, uh, stuffed uh, pig stomach. That's like mm-hmm. a big item over there. Mm. And uh, all the all the different sausages. What and what do they call the stuffed pig's stomach? It's tomato porc farci. It's it's the it's the stomach that is very nicely cleaned, mm-hmm. and uh, then it's it's stuffed with sausage, potatoes, leeks, and then it gets braised with white wine, and uh, once it's cooked, it gets sliced almost like porchetta, if you want. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how a lot of these, you know, old. Peasant country dishes have become very popular once again. All this, yes, it's because people. It, there are roots behind. There are there are, there is there is something. There is comfort behind that. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention good taste. <laughs> good taste, comfort. There is that sensibility. You know, it's there is you have in Alsace. You have that that comfort from from the Germans, and you have the the the. The sophistication from the French. So you have kind of like what's happening over there. It's almost when somebody asks me what is Alsatian cooking, I, I tend to say, well, it's almost kind of like the fusion before fusion really was talked about. <laughs> it's like the French and the, and, and the German uh, influences in, 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 in combined and, and they did the best out of it. Yeah. And with that rich history behind, and and it's uh, more you look into it, more you see that it's really what happened, you know. Right, <laughs> the spoils of war. Germany got Alsace, then it was returned to France, and then Germany got again it. three and times. We get the spoils of war. We get the wonderful combat, the fusion food that <laughs> that came of the two cultures. That's terrific. Of course, the pastries. Now, when I, when I think of the pastries of the Alsace region, I. 
that doesn't I don't see any any of the heavier German influence in there. That that to me is all very. It's a little you know, bit more connected with the Austrian side of it. Yeah, I was going to say yes. Viennese. Yes, know, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And it's very, we very heavy. What is Alsace is very, very well known is for the uh, um, the cheesecake we do, the Alsatian mm. cheesecake. But we do it with egg white, and it's very fluffy. So it's light. Oh yeah, it's light. light. Yeah, and then uh, pan de pies, spice bread yes. that they used to do in the 17th, 18th century. But the pie, spice bread that are as big as agruyere cheese. Very, huh. very big. And you can see him sometimes in, uh, in, in little markets like Kaisersberg and Rigvier, especially on Christmas time. And they give, they cut you slices. Literally, like when you go to the cheese, cheese market and they cut you a slice of cheese, they cut you a slice of pan de piece. Wow. So that's what's, that's what's really, uh, Alsace is known for yeah. that, that smell on, on Christmas time. Uh-huh. Well, you know, it's interesting because the, um, there, speaking of cheeses, of course, Munster cheese. Munster cheese, yeah, absolutely. Well, the town of the Munster. most famous one, yeah. <laughs> and did not uh, Fromage Blanc uh, or Creme fraîche, fromage blanc. It, like in every region where it's farmed, it's it's used. You know, that's fresh cheese. This is all done by the farmer himself. At the time when you have the fresh when you have the fresh milk, like I was little, we had cows and fresh milk. So you wait a couple hours, a couple hours, not even a couple hours, and the cream comes up. Mm. And then you go with a nice with a big spoon and and, and scrape that uh, that cream off. And you use that cream either for cooking and sometimes to make your own butter. So I remember the time when I used to make butter with my father. We had one of those uh, glasses and, 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 and a bar butter, to yeah. do the, the, the butter homemade. So those are very, very interesting uh, steps when, you, when you're young and you learn that. It's eye-opening, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds delicious as well. I, mean, I, can, I, I salivate just thinking about it. very simple cream. things. <laughs> and, and later on in life, it makes you remember those things. It makes you salivate, just like you say. Right. And yet, from that region, we talk about all these things that came from, originally from the people and the farms, but but also the region is known for fine dining. I mean... The region, people people love to eat, yes, in that region, and people are coming from all over to, to eat in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Alsace region. We have a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people coming from America in, the, in that region eat in Alsace. They, uh, a lot of uh, Swiss people, Belgium, they all come down and eat in that region. In one of the most famous uh, auberge, Auberge de Lille is one of the mm. most famous restaurants worldwide. They have like three star Michelin since in the '67 or something like that, and it's a beautiful uh, restaurant. It's a, it's it's kind of an old farm, right, sitting on a, on a on a little water spring, and it's beautiful town. Yeah, I was gonna say because for for all of this, you know, home cooking. It's long been known for for restaurants. And, yes, you know, fine absolutely. Dining. And guest houses, a lot of guest houses that were served. A lot of food. guest houses, farm, farm, little little farms that are, they call it ferme auberge, where they uh, they allow people to come in. They have four or five rooms, and they allow to come in, come in, and they sell them their own products. Oh, so nice. it's beautiful, yeah. It's like agriturismo. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Um, when you, I mean, you have been. Um, it's been written that you that you bring these dishes to your restaurant, but of course with a, a more delicate hand, a finer hand, and with you know, but yet letting the ingredients show through. Do you think that's sort of a holdback to your you know to your experience and time think, on the farm? Yes, I I think it's part of what uh, I grew up with. Uh, my time on the farm, my time of working with people uh, that uh, were not really. 
you know, I, I never really worked with people that followed too much of a trend, always being true to yourself, being true to what you believe in and keep doing it in a, in a, in a, in a, at a high level and, uh, and to make people happy. Mm-hmm. We are an industry of, of giving and what is the best thing we can do is making people happy with what we do. And when we achieve that, I think we win. Absolutely, and uh, and the taste, uh, the taste of products. It's it's learning how to find the right product, learning how to use the product to this to his best and full potential, and uh, and just uh, making it shine. Oh. how do you think um, the cooking or the the cuisine, if not products, of the Alsace region have changed over time. Now, you've, been, you've experienced it for a while now and come and cooked in these, all these high-end restaurants in the United States. It, it has, do, what do you think? It has changed a little bit, just like everywhere in the world, I will say, with the industrialization. Less people cook at home, but they still have access to it through the families. There is somebody within the family. Family life is very, very important in Alsace, and, there, and on every occasion, there is a family gathering. So in the next, right now on Sunday, you're going to have Mother's Day, but on Mother's Day in, in Alsace, it's going to be end of the, of the month of May, you usually have a gathering at home where 10, 15, 20 people gather together and they cook together and they have a great time they do that on easter they do that all the big the big events it's really big home cooking and and they showcase what they love and and the their the region mm-hmm. so i'm sure you still find and yet today you probably find restaurants that have gone into more of the nouvelle you have you have yes sure but the, i think what it depends what what they adapt, what they want to showcase. Some some people want to showcase the terroir, the region, mm-hmm. and some people just are putting that aside and go for something else. It all depends the 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 philosophy behind the person who's running that business. But it, with the modernization, it changed it changed just like everywhere else. But it's still rooted very very deeply into the history of of what made that region. Yeah, but it is a very food centric. Very food centric, absolutely mm-hmm. yes. Well, not only food, but there's also some beer and wine to talk about. Beer so and wine, absolutely. After, <laughs> after we take a short break, we're going to get into some of that as well. So stay tuned. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store closest to you. One and only Dave Arnold brings the noise to Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday on cooking issues. Coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. If the bomb was going to drop, 
and you only had 15 minutes. Which is like, I can, I can make a sandwich in 15 minutes. And you'd be eating a sandwich. I'd kiss my wife, make a sandwich. If you believe that it's all about to be over, why eat healthy? I'm not a freaking Neanderthal. I like a tempered ice cream sandwich. But it's the only way to get around it if you're a party master because you, you're going to wind up, like your kitchen's going to fill with dishes. And is Some there... people have commercial dishwashers in their house. Who? I've seen them. Who? I've seen them. Who? <laughs> really rich people. <laughs> For more mile-a-minute knowledge from Dave and the crew, listen to Cooking Issues, available on Heritage Radio Network, iTunes, and Stitcher. Okay, we're back, and I'm talking with Gabrielle Kreuter, the uh, chef of Gabrielle Kreuter Restaurant in Midtown in New York City. And this is a, this is a relatively new restaurant, Gabrielle. This is absolutely, yeah, it's, it is a new restaurant. We opened actually in, May, in June last year, uh, June mm-hmm. 18th last year, a little bit less than a year. Yeah, and it's right in the center of town, overlooking Bryant Park. Absolutely, it's, yeah, it's on 42nd Street, right uh, inside the Grace Building, yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's been written about you that it your food, some writer called it post-Nouvelle. Mm, okay. <laughs> but they did say that, you know, in this era that we are in with a lot of these um, very, how can I say, Spartan restaurants, <laughs> good food, but, you know, that there's some this ambiance is not big in a lot of the restaurants. But it was also written about you that that you prove that fine fine dining still exists. And well, I believe that uh, uh, good food is here to stay forever. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, and over the years the pendulum has gone one way or the other, and sometimes a little bit too far. And I think there is a right middle somewhere. And I believe that people are still still love to eat, and uh, and uh, they just need to be themselves and and adapt to. And, and just have a good time. Just yeah. just have, just enjoy it, you know? Well, it is a very special restaurant, too. A high-end restaurant, white tablecloth, very elegant, that people, who, you know, who can, can go there very often. But also, it's a wonderful place to go when you are feeling a little special and you want to treat yourself to a, a very special meal. That's I, I look at it, you know, that way as well. And, and one of those to, you know, keep on the top of your list is, you know, a great place to go. I will say that I was... Um, I was taken by a lot of the different reviews that, that writers wrote about it. And John Mariani in particular was very, very taken with the restaurant. And he said that Kreuter's vision of food is based on the principle that by using the finest ingredients, very little has to be done to any of them beyond pairing them up so that their flavors remain pure and distinct while wholly complementary. And I think that that is what you were talking about. Have you just just you know use you know it's good food and it's well I think yeah good food is using the using the product and bring it to the fullest to the to its fullest potential and also I believe that uh, no matter which dish it is it sh- it should have a harmony in it it needs to make sense the flavors need to come together and uh, I on, I believe in food that I love to eat you know mm-hmm. I think you produce the best if you if you do it with uh, with passion and. Anybody who's doing something, I think, uh, and, and it's passion-driven, it shows, uh, it shows in the plate. It shows, it shows at the end result. And, yeah. and that's really, really important for me when I hire young cooks. Uh, my most important thing I'm looking for is really the passion in, in what they, they want to achieve in their own life. But the passion needs to, if the passion is not in their belly, it's not going to happen. Right, yeah. 
That's interesting. That's you. I mean, so many people think that, oh, I can run a restaurant. Oh, I can be a cook. Oh, I can do this. But you're right. No, there has you know, to be a passion. It's uh, the misconception of, 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 uh, of what we do uh, being a chef. I think a lot of people don't realize how much work it takes to get to a certain to a point where I am. I'm working. You know, that was my dream forever to open a restaurant, but it took me 30 years to get to this point. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, and when you, when you want to open a business, uh, I think what you want to open a business that is sustainable. So it, it needs to make sense. The whole thing needs to come together. Interesting. That's true. It is. We, um, we record out of the back of Roberta's restaurant in Brooklyn, and it is a pizzeria as well as, uh, as additional dining. And we had our um, engineer bring us and my assistant cat bring us a pizza for the studio. And uh, I thank David and Cat for that. Thank you very much. And uh, and as I look at this pizza, I'm thinking of Flammerkuchen. Flammerkuchen, yeah. yeah. Tart flambe, yeah, absolutely. Tart flambe. I mean, really, what is the difference here between pizza and, and tart? Well, well I mean, there's it's, differences. Uh, there is no tomatoes on it. There is uh, <laughs> fromage blanc on it. Again, see, this is a dish that the farmer came up with, like I said earlier. Uh, it's done the day they do bread. So they use bread dough to do the crust and fromage blanc that they have from the farm, onions and bacon. So that's the whole story. It's a, it's a, it's a whole a full circle. And it's something that they had. And uh, it is a sort of the Alsatian pizza. It's the region staple, just like the Münster cheese. Hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how many... You'll see this on the menu in America a lot of times, just because people maybe want to elevate, you know, a... a a simple little tart or a pizza, and they'll call it. And a, it's it's know, a great opener. It's a great opener for, for if you have a glass a beer to start, maybe or a glass of even a glass of champagne. It's a great starting point. Ah, that's me. Champagne to, and pizza. You to got have it. to have a to have a, to have a discussion and go into the into the meal. You know, have a. It's 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 the taste of it, and and it it breaks the ice and 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 makes everybody come together. It's amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, speaking about beer, okay. The Alsace region, where well, I'd be remiss without talking about, about the beer. beer of the region. And, of course, wine, wine. the Alsatian wine. And, right? then the, and then the Eau de Vie, the schnapps, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't even going to talk about that, but see, I didn't even know. No, that. but beer, yeah. yeah. Beer, absolutely, in Alsace. I mean, uh, people love to drink beer. It's just, I mean, Germany's next there. You know, Germany, Belgium, although the whole region loves to drink beer. And, uh, and in Alsace, one thing that we do... Uh, with beer, as we do a picon beer, which is a liquor that we put into the beer, and it makes it dark, and it's uh, it's 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 a, ni- it's it a, a nice ap- too. <laughs> nice aperitif, Ex- yeah. exactly yeah. yes. Yeah. So picon beer, a lot of people will start their meal with a picon beer, nice, which is really really a staple of 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 that region. Well, and there are <clears throat> so is there a lot of I'm going to say craft brewery, but a lot of home brewing going on in the brasseries or. You have it coming back now. Uh, they went through a whole a whole period of uh, where all the the big uh, beer companies bought each other out, and you know, just like everywhere else, where the big the big brands are buying each other's up, each other up. So mm-hmm. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But the most known uh, breweries that you have over there is Meteor, uh, Schützenberger, and Kronenbuch. Okay. All right, let's move on to wine. Wine, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the wine region—it's a—it's a beautiful wine wine region, and uh, most of the wines are grown in the Hora, where they have the little the little hills, and they do many many different grapes: Riesling, Silvaner, 
Geburtstraminer, Toke. So the, the difference in, uh, in the region is that every single grape is uh, vinified on its own. It's, it's never blended. Hmm, Although some people starting to blend now, mm -hmm. but mostly it's one grape at a time. And if they have... If a winemaker has six kind of grapes, he's going to do six different vinifications, each wine on its own. Mm -hmm. Now, in looking for um, the wines of the Alsace, there I will also see um, Rieslings in particular of the Moselle. Of region. the Moselle, yes. Yeah. Now, so where is the separation here coming in as far as the wine producers? Huh? The, the, the region from Alsace, Moselle is already in, uh, in, in on the German side. Right. Uh, the wines that are produced in Alsace, why they're so reputed is that they, they don't have the sweet the sweetness. They, they're naturally very dry. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes the difference from the from the Mosel side, which they have more residual sugar even at, at normal, normal regular wines. Right. They have more re, uh, residual sugar. So the um, primarily they're white wines? Primarily white wine. The only red wine they do is a Pinot Noir, mm -hmm. which... Uh, not many uh, winemakers do. It's mostly based on, on white wine. They do also a Cremant d'Alsace, kind yeah, of like right. a, a, a champagne style, mm -hmm. uh, made most of the time made with Riesling. One nice grape that we have also that usually we drink when we, t when we eat Tarte Flambe is Musca, a very flavorful wine. Right, right. Uh, and, of course, then you finish your meal and you have a little bit of... A little eau de vie, eau de vie. <laughs> I grew up doing that and I still, uh, my mother still has the right of doing it. So every farmer had the right of doing a certain amount uh, per year with the fruits of the farm. So tell me about the making of that. The making of that is that you take the fruit, uh, the, it's either Mirabelle, Kirsch or Plum, and you take them the ripest possible and you uh, make them ferment. And once they fermented, then you boil them in a, in a alambic. I don't know how you call it. In a, barrel. In a barrel. Uh, yeah, uh, or a stainless steel vat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's usually uh, distiller. copper. A distiller, yeah. yeah distiller. And it's burned twice. Once to get the first brew out and then the second time to really refine it. And, uh, and that's something that... Uh, that is done usually once, twice a year, and most of the time when they get the fruit in summer and then in the cold uh, winter months, February, March, still and around that time, January sometimes, they do that then, uh, the farmers, because there is not too much work in the fields, so they do their own, their own they, they burn their own schnapps mm -hmm. during those, those months. And it's usually a whole day event. They start at five o'clock in the morning until late in the evening. Ends sit, with a party, I'm sit, sure. And it's, a par it's a party. It's, <laughs> it a, is a, party. it's a tasting party. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, eau de vie just sounds so much more sophisticated. Yes, I mean, yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> anyway, so when you said that, I was and everybody, <laughs> and everybody does it slightly different. Some people like it a little stronger. Some people have, like it when it's more fruity. So it's like always that when they come together, they always have that debate. Oh, mine is better than yours uh -huh. and this and then all that stuff, you know. <laughs> Well, you said that you still have the right to do it, and your mother retains it. Is do you get license a particular you, amount? In or? the old, in the in the, they don't give new licenses licenses out anymore. But when there is one license in the family, it it's my mother is the last generation so that's going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and that's that's it. So, so she when, calls you up and says, "Gabrielle, it's time." Yeah, my my brother is doing that, <laughs> and I used to I used to really enjoy to do that. So it was it was really it's it's. I don't drink 
much of it, but I love the process. You and can't doing drink it. much of it <laughs> and remember that you did, right? <laughs> right. Oh, that, that sounds, it sounds like such fun too, but I mean, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. everything, you know, all those little, it's, it, what's nice in all of, of those things is to understand the process from A to Z. And I think that's what uh, gives you uh, a, a good understanding of what it takes to do something, something good. Right. You know, it's like uh, how important the, part, the the base product is. It shows at the end all the little details here and there added together at the end are big. Are, is a big detail. Right. Well, let's let's fast forward to today and to your restaurant. Um, as I've described, it's a beautiful place. You know, fine dining, elegant, very elegant room, um, and. As I said, I'm going to, on the the website homepage, I'm going to post that picture that um, Paul, I can't pronounce his last name. Wagowitz? We will, yes, Wagowitz. Yeah. We'll, we'll credit him with that with that photo. It's a beautiful photo of the... Um, the of the sturgeon tart. Yes, of the sturgeon yeah. tart with the smoke, the, um, the smoke coming out of the glass. You know, that's... Everyone has, you know, who knows your restaurant knows that dish, obviously. But um, what are some of the other specialties that you... That, are maybe innovations that you're very proud of that you do at that restaurant? I, on the, on, at, at the bar, I do uh, three different kinds of tart flambe, flamacusha. Mm-hmm. I do the classic one. I do one with uh, hand of the wood mushrooms mm-hmm. and conte cheese. And I do one that is uh, a, a, little, uh, a little bit like my take on bagel and lax. Uh-huh. It's with uh, gravlax. It's a uh-huh. tart flambe with gravlax and a little bit... Uh, no cream cheese. Huh? Salmon, salmon, <laughs> salmon caviar on the top. Yeah, creme fraiche, no yeah, cream cheese. Yeah, creme fraiche, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I do... We do our own uh, manga, ma- mangalista blood sausage. Pork. So pork, yeah. Mangalista so pork. Mangalista pork, yeah. We do our own... All the sausages that we sell are homemade. So we do our own Alsatian country-style sausage in a bar with homemade sauerkraut. Mm. Uh, we do our own liverwurst. We do our own. Uh, we do. I mean, I'm using a lot of foie gras because I come from a region where foie gras is very prominent. I'm going to interject there because that was one of my um, initial questions. Is that not originally where foie gras? It originated, came from, yeah, or came is it from. in the Lyon or, or the it's, or Alsace? It's, it's big in Alsace, but uh-huh. it's it's big in Alsace with the go- with the goose geese geese foie gras. Mm. And then the, the south of France, the land, is more famous for the duck foie gras. Okay. And now it's kind of like all morphed together, blended it's together. Everywhere. It's all over <laughs> the place. But uh, And my grandfather on my mother's side used to have a foie gras farm. He used to have a, a goose farm and a duck farm. Mm. So, uh, again, here I'm I connected to, to f- the food world again through, through just that, that side up, of it. Yes, right, yeah. Yeah. So, you do a, so you do a dish with the foie gras? I do foie gras. Uh, I'd, right now I have a beautiful one that is a, a, a sauteed one with a beer reduction and a Bereveke fruit chutney, which a Bereveke is a little pastry that we do in, in, in Alsace with a lot of different dried fruits in it. So um, my take is to using those fruits and making a chutney, we're serving that with a reduction of beer. Oh, nice. Brown beer. And then, nice uh, with the foie gras. Yeah. yeah, and then the foie gras terrain. Right now I have one foie gras terrain, a nice, a nice bowl, completely breaded with black truffles and served on top of muscajolet. Uh, in, the, in the summertime, I do a beautiful foie gras that is stuffed inside with marinated uh, mushrooms and uh, a cantaloupe melon uh, coulis, which is beautiful together. It's nice and bright, and the flavors be- come nicely together. 
and uh, and the pork we're using nice pork the squab I have a nice squab again with foie gras squab croustillant but everywhere are touches of Alsace without without being completely uh, in your face basically yeah. well and, and just looking at your at your tart flambe it just if you showed that to someone and said what is this never in a million years would they think it's a sturgeon and sauerkraut yes exactly yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. a, of course it does have that little mound of caviar so it, you on know, top the, <laughs> the, challenge, the challenge was that I had people telling me you know why why don't you use sauerkraut in a, in, 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 a, in a fine restaurant and I thought about it and sauerkraut you know when you when you grow up and you have this when you go up in a, in a region and you have all of these things around you you don't realize what you what you have or what you see mm-hmm. until you kind of miss it so uh, some people told me why do don't you use two sauerkraut and i thought about it and i said how can i introduce that into a dish without sounding like it's just you know peasant ca- food peasant right? food yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and basically you know I still use peasant food and I elevate it with the caviar, but I use also the fish that is most of the time not used. Well, you do it very beautifully. <laughs> so it's like a whole a whole circle basically right. again. When did you first when when did you first decide to introduce some of the cooking of, of Alsace into restaurants? When I first on my at the on modern my, you on, had some at, at the modern at, the, mo- at the modern yeah. I had a lot of it. Uh, at Atelier when I opened the Atelier at the Ritz Carlton I started to use uh, my my heritage and my background to really cook and I did a little bake off over there but I called I had the little crock pots to do it and all that stuff and I did it not with potatoes I did it with mushrooms and with crayfish so I was it was an adaptation but a reminder of really the the history of it Mm -hmm. and people loved it because there is a little crock pot coming they open it in front of you you have that smell coming out and the earthenware is so famous from from that region yeah there are two uh, two very famous towns uh, in Alsace that are famous for the earthware one is Suflenheim which has all the hand painted uh, earthware and the other one is uh, Betchdorf that one is more uh, of a a bluish one it's only uh, only blue. The other one in Sufenheim has all the colors. Mm. Well, you're so au courant with the sauerkraut too. Everything fermented is big again, right? Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. Everything old is new again, folks. And <laughs> theme of the show. Good things stay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you're right. Good things stay. That's a better saying, right? Well, Gabrielle, thank you so much. It has been um, a true pleasure learning so much about the asas, and I, I know there's a lot more to learn, and there are flavors to taste at your restaurant, Gabrielle Kreuter. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. This has been A Taste of the Past, and I'm your host, Linda Palaccio. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.